Before we begin our Torah study tonight, would you pray with me? Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Sometimes God's plan will leave us with no other option but to go forward, kadima, forward. Kadima is a Hebrew word that means forward or charge. We can't go back, we can't give up, we can't go with the crowd. We need to go forward with God, knowing that he is our redeemer and our savior. And he is the one who cares so much about us that he saves us from sin, he saves us from bondage, and he delivers us out of the powers of darkness in this world and in the world to come. Well, that's the situation that Israel faced at the Red Sea in which we read about in this week's Torah portion, the situation of being trapped, if you will, and having to make a decision, where do we go when there's nowhere to go? And the answer is forward. So before we look at that Red Sea moment, let's review some recent material from Exodus chapter six. A couple of weeks ago, our Torah readings told us that God was revealing himself not just as El Shaddai, which means God Almighty, but as yod He vav He, the intimate name of God, which by Jewish custom is now not pronounced. It's read as Hashem, the name, or as Adonai. And in many English Bibles, it's rendered with all capital L-O-R-D, all capital letters, so that we know that it's referring to yod He vav He. And it's great to know that God is El Shaddai. He's the omnipotent God. He's all powerful and he's able to fulfill all of his promises. But there's an additional side to God that he wants all of Israel to learn about. He wants all of us to know, not just ancient Israel, but all of us today. He is yod heh the one who redeems and saves. Let's read from Exodus 6, and we'll see some of the details here. So we're going back to an earlier portion, Exodus chapter 6, starting in verse 2 and going to verse 9. God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. yod heh is the Hebrew there. And I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai, as God Almighty. But by my name, notice that, my name, yod heh Lord, I did not make myself known to them. Verse 4, I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as strangers. Furthermore, verse 5, I've heard the groaning of the sons of Israel because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage, and I've remembered my covenant. Verse 6 now, say therefore to the sons of Israel, this is what Moses is told to tell the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, I am yod heh vav and I will bring you out from under the labors of the Egyptians. I will rescue you or deliver you or save you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Verse 7, then I will take you as my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am yod heh vav Those are four Hebrew letters that we now say as Hashem or Adonai or Lord. I am yod heh vav your God who brought you out from under the labors of the Egyptians. 
Verse eight, I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a possession. I am yod Hey, I am the Lord. And then verse nine, interesting response. Moses said this to the sons of Israel. So he said what he was told to say. And he said this to the children of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses on account of their despondency and their cruel bondage. So we see in this passage that the Lord reveals himself in different ways at different times um, for purpose so that we would know him in fullness. And he revealed himself as El Shaddai, as God Almighty. But now he's saying to Israel, I want to reveal myself to you as yod heh vav -Heh. And if we understand the difference is he wants us to see him as a redeemer and as a savior. And that's why the verses starting in verse six and then going to verse seven and eight, they give us the, the meaning of the details. I'll bring you out, I'll save you, I'll deliver you, I'll redeem you, I'll take you as my people. And you will know that I am yod heh vav -Heh. I am the Lord your God. So these are, these are aspects of God's persona that he wants us to grasp, to be exposed to. Many people think of God in terms of his might. He wants to be known that way, but he also wants to be known as a redeemer and to be known very intimately, to have personal knowledge, not just to know about him, but to know him. And that is so important. The Lord we're reading wants to reveal himself as redeemer and savior and as deliverer. And it sounds like good news. It is good news, but it's actually hard to receive. Verse nine says they didn't listen. They couldn't, they couldn't hear. Oh, they heard the words, but they couldn't take the words into their heart and into their mind. They couldn't really listen because of their despondency and the cruel bondage that they were experiencing. And I think this is a good reminder that our difficulties and our troubles can actually make it difficult for us to receive what God wants us to hear. Clamor, difficulty, trouble, we can take so deeply into our souls and it can become the dominant force that, um, that causes our hearts not to be open and our minds not to be open to what God is wanting us to receive. And I think when we understand that, we can really focus on being tenderhearted to the Lord. You and I want to stay tenderhearted, even in the midst of our hardship. We don't want to let that little Pharaoh in us rise up, that hard-hearted one. We don't want him to have the last word. No, we want the one that's tender towards the Lord. You and I are, are coming to God tonight and we're saying, Lord, the world around us is crazy. The world around us is so unstable, so full of trouble. There are so many sorrows, but we don't want to give into despondency and we don't want to look at just circumstances and situations. We want to keep our eyes on you, Lord. So that's background that helps us with this week's reading. And let's move now into this week's Torah portion. The children of Israel, as a point of connection and context, have experienced the Passover. Now they've left Egypt. It's the, the Exodus has already taken place. And the Lord decides to take the children of Israel on the long way, not the short route towards the promised land. And he's protecting them 
though they don't understand that. And also there's more about redemption and salvation that he wants Israel to know and he wants Egypt to see that the God of Israel is the one and only true God. So he's trying to get into the hearts of the Jewish people of the children of Israel, that he's a redeemer and he's a savior. So let's read from Exodus chapter 14, starting in verse five. When the king of Egypt was told that the children of Israel had fled, Pharaoh and his servants had a change of heart toward the people that they had released. They said, what have we done letting Israel stop being our slaves? What were we thinking? Verse six, and so he prepared his chariots and he took his people with him. He took 600 top quality chariots as well as all the other chariots in Egypt along with their commanders. Verse eight, the Lord made Pharaoh hard-hearted and so Pharaoh pursued the children of Israel as they left boldly. The Egyptians went after them, all the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh with his cavalry, his army, and he overtook them as they were encamped by the sea, by Pi-Hacherot in front of baal -Zephon. Verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the children of Israel looked up and they saw the Egyptians right there coming after them. Now I want you to emphasize this next statement, in great fear, the people of Israel cried out to Adonai. And they said to Moses. Okay, so if you are using the comment section on Facebook right now, I wanna encourage you to just put this into the comments. In great fear, the children of Israel cried out. In great fear. Those three words are the most important. In great fear. And it's not the fear of the Lord. It's not um, the awe and respect of God. It's not the fear of the Lord that's the beginning of wisdom. No, it's the fear of their enemies, the fear of their circumstance, their fear of being in what looked like an impossible situation. And because they were still despondent and because they had been in harsh bondage. Now they're moving forward. They've been delivered from their slavery, but now all of their worst emotions and thoughts rise up in them. In great fear, the people of Israel cried out to the Lord and said to Moses, was it because there were not enough graves in Egypt that you brought us out to die in the desert? Why have you done this to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we tell you in Egypt to leave us alone? We'll just go on being slaves for the Egyptians. And then look at this. It's just such a statement of their condition. It would be better for us to be the Egyptian slave than to die here in the desert. Now it's easy because we know how the story turns out. It's easy for us to say, how could they forget so quickly? But there's a lesson for us. How do we forget so quickly? We're to see ourselves in them and to see them in us and to see that each of us can be in this condition. Each one of us can find ourselves in, a, in the condition where our eyes are focused on desperate situations and circumstances and we give in to fear 
And we forget, because maybe we haven't fully learned yet, that God is our Redeemer and our Savior. Well, you can see the fear response so clearly. And that's what Moses speaks to in verse 13. Moses responded to the people with this answer, stop being so fearful. Let's write that in the comment section, stop being so fearful. But actually, let's make it personal for ourselves. We can put it in an I statement. I will stop being so fearful. Don't approach this world and its instability and insecurities with fear. Say to yourself and to the Lord, I stop being so fearful. It's not that I want to go into denial, folks. It's not that I want you to go into denial. There's something else. There are some things that we need to learn about who God is and to allow that to influence our way of thinking, our way of feeling, and to actually reshape our personality. This is not just a call to be optimistic or even just a call to be brave. No, it's a call to be faithful. So here's the first part. Stop being so fearful. Sometimes you just got to stop it. You got to say to yourself, stop it. And then the next part of verse 13, remain steady. Remain steady. And it's good when we see a verse like this to personalize it, to, to appropriate it, if you will, by, by repeating the good words that we read in scripture and by making those words personal and to say, I will remain steady. You know, some folks, uh, some folks find it more difficult than others to do this, but all of us face this as a challenge. And it's something that we can all master by practice. And you practice when you're in a situation that's stirring a spirit response from you, get a hold of yourself remain steady. It's good to say to the Lord, Lord, you're with me. Lord, I'm trusting you, and I am going to remain steady. Remain steady, Moses says, and you will see how Adonai is going to save you. That's interesting. It's not Adonai is going to save you, and after you see that, then you can be steady and you can calm yourself down. No, actually there's this precondition that you and I are supposed to embrace. Remain steady, be steady right now. Do what you need to do to be steady. And then you will see how Adonai is going to save you. He will do it today. Today you have seen the Egyptians, but you will never see them again. Verse 14, Adonai will do battle for you. Just calm yourselves down. Oh, I love that. Calm yourselves down. Sometimes, folks, you just got to calm down. Isn't that right? We got to get a grip on ourselves. We can't just be tossed around. We can't just be all stirred up. You may be the kind of person who is easily stirred up. Well, calm yourself down. Get a, get a grip, folks. Just calm yourselves down. By the way, two thoughts on this. Praying in the spirit can help you become calm when you pray in the spirit. One of the things that you're doing is you're building yourself up. So I want to encourage you, if you're a believer in Yeshua, be filled with the Holy Spirit and then learn how to pray in the spirit. And there's another thing that you can do that's also very practical. It's reading scriptures. When you read the scriptures and you let the scriptures sink into your heart and mind, 
it can really help you. As I was reading these scriptures about God, our Redeemer, and God, our Savior, it had an impact on my soul. It had an impact on my mind, the way I was thinking, and it helped me be calm. Sometimes you got to do the most obvious and simple things in order to calm yourself down and remain steady. You have to talk to yourself and say, I am going to be calm. I'm going to be steady. I'm not going to be tossed about. This may be a difficult situation, but you know what? I serve a God who knows me by name and he loves me and he's watching over me and he will bring me through this. Now, after you've done this, you can really grasp verse 15 because it shifts now and the Lord now is talking to Moses. And it's so interesting because a couple of things are happening. You see, the children of Israel are crying out and then Moses is also like speaking to them, trying to calm them down so that they can see God at work. But Moses is also crying out to the Lord. And the Lord in verse 15 says to Moses, why are you crying to me? That's a great translation. Why are you crying to me? You know, sometimes we can be uh, publicly communicating courage and strength and bravery, but privately with the Lord, we're just crying. And the Lord says to Moses, cut it out. Quit crying to me right now. Tell the people of Israel to go forward. That's amazing, isn't it? Go forward. That's why I'm calling this message tonight, Kadima anyway, because Kadima, you know, it's one of my favorite Hebrew words. And if you've been around Beth Israel for any length of time, if you listen to our podcast for any length of time, you know that, that I love Kadima. Sandy and I love this word. And we're saying it so often. It's, it's almost like um, a, a slogan or a trademark for us. Kadima, I encourage you to write that in the comment section just as a way of getting a hold of it, letting it get a hold of you. The, the English transliteration into English is this, K-A-D-I-M-A. As many as you can, write that word, Kadima, uh, in English letters in the comment section so that when people are watching this later on the, the replay of the video, they're gonna have this long series of Kadimas in the comment section. You know what it will do? It will strengthen them and it'll also cause them uh, who are watching later to start saying, you know what? Forward, forward anyway, forward anyway. I'm gonna be steady. I'm gonna go forward and I am gonna see the hand of God at work. I love Kadima. And it's not actually used in the Hebrew in this verse, but it captures the sentiment for me perfectly. Kadima anyway, forward anyway. And remember, remember this, the Lord is revealing himself as yod heh vav -Hey. He's saying, I am yod heh vav -Hey. I want you to know my name. I want you to know me in this way. This is why many Jewish people will, will say he is Hashem, he is the name because they refer back to this passage that we read earlier in Exodus 6, where the Lord says, but they haven't known me by the name, by my name, yod heh vav -Hey. 
yod hey vav hey. You know, it's communicating to us intimacy and personal care, but also these essential qualities. God is our redeemer and he is our savior. Now let's go back to verse 16. We'll continue new reading. This is an instruction that God gives to Moses. Lift up your staff, reach out with your hand over the sea and divide it in two. The people of Israel will advance into the sea on dry ground. Now I want to point out something to you. The Lord is telling Moses something to do that's outward. You know, he's stretching forth his hand with the staff in his hand and the sea is going to be divided in two. And the people of Israel will advance into the sea on dry ground. But I want you to grasp something. Moses can't do this in his own power. Oh, of course he can lift up his hand. Of course he can hold his staff. Of course he can say whatever he wants to say, uh, you know, to the sea or whatever, but he can't make it happen. Nobody can. Only God can do this. And when you're trusting in God as redeemer, and as savior, then you can see amazing things happen. But it won't happen because you do it. It will happen because God's doing it and you're doing it with him. Verse 17, now the Lord says this, as for me, I will make the Egyptians hard hearted and they will march in after the children of Israel. And thus, or in this way, I will win glory for myself at the expense of Pharaoh, and all his army, his chariots, and his cavalry. And then the Egyptians will realize that I am Adonai. When I've won myself glory at the expense of Pharaoh, his chariots, and his cavalry. So here we see that God is teaching Egypt a lesson that the Lord, the God of Israel, is the one true God. But he's also teaching Israel a lesson that the God of Israel, the one true God, who is mighty and almighty is also a redeemer and he is a savior. Why is that important for us to learn? Because we need redemption. It's because we need salvation and we will never be able to process the deepest issues of life unless we apprehend that we need to be redeemed and we need to be saved. It's not just a matter of being redeemed from Egypt. It's a matter of being redeemed from sin, being redeemed from the world's system of bondage, redeemed from a kind of spiritual slavery where we don't really have freedom. And it's a matter of being saved as well, being saved from our sins, being saved from our iniquity, being saved from ourselves even, being saved from our enemies. You see, you'll never be able to live life with great joy in the midst of awful situations unless you know that God knows you and he loves you and that he's your redeemer and he is your savior. And that's what I wanna focus on friends. God is our redeemer, God is our savior, God is the Messiah. And I wanna encourage as many of you as can to write those three statements of truth in the comment section right now. God is our redeemer, that's number one. God is our savior, that's number two. God is the Messiah, that's number three. Now, I wanna move into some other 
passages that emphasize this. It's not really narrative at this point that I want to go through, but I want to, I just want to show you scriptures from the Tanakh and from the Britachara that emphasize all of this so that you can take it into your kishkas, into your guts, into your, into your deepest parts, your, your inner man, your inner woman, and you can start fortifying yourself through the word of God. Job chapter 19, verse 25. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, he will stand on the earth. I love that passage. I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer is alive and that in the end, he'll stand on the earth. That is so powerful. And I love Psalm 18, verse 46. The Lord lives and blessed be my rock and may the God of my salvation be exalted. May the God of my salvation be exalted. You see, God is our savior and he is the God of our salvation. It reminds me when, um, when Miriam found out that she was pregnant when Joseph found out that she was pregnant and they, they had not been maritally intimate with each other. When Miriam, I'm, I'm not talking about the sister of Moses, but I'm talking about the mother of Yeshua. When, when Miriam and Joseph found out, they were told something really important, important to name the child Yeshua because Yoshia, because he will save. Name him Yeshua because he will save my people. You see, God became a man. God became our Messiah in order to become our kinsman redeemer. He is our redeemer. But in order to fully manifest himself as the kinsman redeemer, he had to come as one of us. And so he did. In verse 18, I mean, verse 46 in Psalm 18 just captures this. The Lord lives, that's so powerful, and blessed be my rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. Who is the God of Israel? He's the God of our salvation. You know what that means? We need salvation. If anybody tells you it's not Jewish to believe in the need for salvation, they don't know Jewishness. They don't know Torah. They don't know Tanakh. They don't know the Psalms or the prophets or Moses. The God of my salvation is exalted. Now, Psalm 78, verse 35 speaks to this in a different way. And they remembered that God was their rock and that God most high was their redeemer. Who was the redeemer of Israel? The Lord. You see, this is one of the great mysteries that the Jewish people haven't uh, overall grasped. Some of us have, and everyone who's grasped this is, is being given such a gift from God that, that we rejoice. This is the gift. This is the understanding that's, that we have, that God himself is our redeemer. So God becomes Messiah. God comes as Yeshua. It's not that Yeshua becomes God. It's not Messiah becomes God. 
It's not that that a, a man is our redeemer. It's that God is our redeemer. God is our savior. God is Messiah. And when you grasp that, it changes you from the inside out, and it can transform you in every wonderful way. Isaiah 43, verse 14, continues with this idea. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer. In the comment section, you can write, the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. So the Redeemer of Israel is the Holy One of Israel. And this is what he says, for your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring them all as fugitives, even the Chaldeans and the ships in which they rejoice. And the main point here is God is our redeemer. Jeremiah 50, verse 34. So this is interesting. You see, we've looked at Job, we've looked at the Psalms, we've looked at Isaiah, we've looked at Jeremiah. They all bear testimony. Jeremiah 50, verse 34. Their redeemer is strong, the Lord of hosts is his name. He will fervently plead their case so that he may bring rest to the earth, but turmoil to those who live in Babylon. Meaning to those who are under the Babylonian system and reject God and his truths and have come up with their own devices and their own false gods. The children of Israel have a redeemer. Our redeemer is strong. Who is he? The Lord of hosts is his name. You see, many people are waiting for a Messiah who's just a man to be our redeemer, but the prophets of Israel warn us that that's not the right identity. The real redeemer is the Lord, but the real redeemer comes as the Messiah, which is why when we're worshiping and we are praising the name of Yeshua, we're praising Adonai. You see, Yeshua is Adonai. He came into this world as a kinsman redeemer in order to fulfill what only yod heh vav has promised to redeem us, to save us. Now let's go to Acts verse 7, or chapter 7 rather, verse 35. And this is... Um, a powerful scripture from the British Hadashah. And it says, this Moses, whom they rejected, saying, who made you a ruler and a judge? This man God sent as both ruler and redeemer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. Now, let's just break that down. Moses is, is listed here or described here as a redeemer, but he's not a redeemer in himself or by himself. He's only a redeemer because he's an instrument of God. Who's the actual redeemer? The Lord himself. The Lord is the redeemer, not Moses. Moses is the agent. He is the instrument, but he is not the source of redemption, and nor is he to be thought of as our redeemer. He is a redeemer, if you will. He's someone who, who performs that function of a kinsman redeemer, and but he is not the redeemer himself. And here's the last verse that we're going to use, which sort of brings this all together. It's from Micah chapter 6, verse 4. The Lord says this, I brought you up out of Egypt, and I redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you and also Aaron and Miriam. So here we have the big picture. 
God is the redeemer. He is the one who rescued us. This was not Moses' good plan or his great leadership or his uh, courage or whatever. It, it, it's not Moses who's the source. God is the source. Moses is being led by the Lord as our Aaron and Miriam. And anytime you and I are led by the Lord, we can be instruments that are useful in agency of God that are useful for others. But remember, God is the Redeemer. God is the Savior. God is the Messiah. And that's why we can say Kadima, forward anyway. Life may sometimes present itself to you as if you were trapped at the Red Sea and the Egyptians are, are hot on your case and there's no way forward. But with God, there's a way forward. Steady yourself. Remain steady. Open your eyes. Calm yourself and you will see that God will save you. Let's keep our eyes on Yeshua. That's the key. Let's remember God redeems us. Let's remember that God saves us. It's the truth, and we all need it. Tonight may be the night for you to turn to the Lord. Maybe you realize this truth now that Yeshua, our Messiah and Savior, is actually Adonai, our Lord, that God is our Redeemer and Messiah. And if that has dawned on you and it's now in your heart and in your mind, I want you to pray with me. Lord, we thank you for redeeming us through Yeshua. You have become our Redeemer. You have become our Savior. And we turn away from our sins. We turn away from everything that separates us from you. And with our own mouths, we confess Yeshua is Adonai. Yeshua is Lord. He died for me. He rose from the dead. He's paid for my sins and he's given his life so that I can live for him. And we can all say together, amen. If you prayed like this for the first time, please let me know. And you know what? We will rejoice with you. What a great night we've had tonight. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing and then a final worship song from the painters. But first, I want to encourage you, if, if this is a blessing to you, would you consider uh, blessing this ministry and standing with us financially? You can go to our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving for all the information. And now Aaron's blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep watch over you, guard and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious to you with all of his favor. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, Sar Shalom. Amen. So from Sandy and me, I want to say Shabbat Shalom, and I want to encourage you to join us tomorrow at 10.30 a.m., live from the sanctuary and live from home, right here on Facebook Live. And right now, we're going to return to the Painter Home for our final worship song. Shabbat Shalom, everyone.